It's the bottom line. On News Radio 610, KONA, from the Tri Cities to Olympia to DC, we break down, break it all down the stories of the day and the people making the news. And that's the bottom line. Time to get the bottom line. Presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser with your hosts, Rob Francis and Ed Dawson. Welcome back to the bottom line. News Radio 610 KONA 547-1610. If you would like to get involved, you can also reach us via email, 610KONA.com. Bottom line page, your name, where you're listening, what you would like to say. We're on Twitter, bottom line 610. Facebook at the bottom line 610 and the free mobile app is available through the Google Play and the Apple stores. Rob Francis, Ed Dawson, hanging with you. Um, it is filing week. It is almost the end of filing week. Yes. Uh, actually, the online portion of filing week has ended. Okay. Uh, the in-person portion still has about another 52 minutes to go. So there could still be some movement. Could but, still be some movement. But for the most part. Yeah, and, and there could still be some movement Monday as well. Um, and you can't file to run on Monday, but you can unfile yeah, on you, Monday. If you have second thoughts over the yes. weekend. If, you, if you're thinking, oh my gosh, I... I, I started I drinking a little too early on Friday and filed the run for office, and I didn't mean to do that. You, you can you can undo it on Monday, but that's the that's the one day that you have. So, um, where would you where would you like to begin? Do you want to begin in Benton County with city council races? Sure, let's do that. All right, we'll start in Benton County with city council races. West Richland. For council position one, there are two that have filed at this moment. John Smart, who I believe is the incumbent, and Stephen Davis has filed to run against John Smart. In position two, this was a position that was held for 20 years by Rich Buell. He is not running for re-election. We we have that confirmed. We have that confirmed. He will not be running for re-election. So there will be a new council member in West Richland in position two. Running for that position is Ken Stoker. And Teresa Morrill, they are running to fill the seat that is being left by Rich Buell, who served in that position for 20 years. John Smart is the incumbent in in position one. Yes. Uh, Council position three, the incumbent is Gail Brown. She is being challenged by May Hayes. Richard Bloom has filed to run for re-election for position four. Uh, mayor Brent Gary has filed to run for re-election as mayor. He is being challenged by West Richland City Council member Kate Moran. Yes, currently the position number seven holder. Yes, which is not up for re-election in this cycle. That's right. In City of Prosser, Council Position One, Don Aubrey and Catherine Jones have filed for that position. Council position number two in Prosser, Morgan Everett and Maricela Sanchez have filed to run. And in the city of Prosser, position three, Felix Cortez and Thomas Forsyth have filed to run for that seat. City of Kennewick, 
lot of names. Council position one, Ward 1. And in, and in Kennewick this year, you've got all three ward seats, and you have one at-large seat. Yes. So, Council Position 1, Ward 1, the incumbent is Mayor Don Britton. He has filed to run for re-election. Also filing to run against the mayor, Gretel Crawford, and Jacob Finkbeiner. Position 2, Ward 2, the incumbent is the mayor pro tem, Steve Lee. Filing to run against him is Lauren Anderson. Council position three, Ward three, the incumbent, John Trumbo, has filed to run for re-election. Also filing in that race are Brandon Anderson and Jason Lohr. Council position four, which is the at-large position of the city of Kennewick, the incumbent, Bill McKay, has filed to run for re-election. Also filing for that seat, Ken Short, Brian Meehan Verhai, and Ubi Creek. In Benton City... Council position one, there are two running in that race, Jessica Bossy-Wadsworth and Lisa Stade. Council position two, two running in that race, Bill Reed and Luis Carlos Ruiz. Three have filed to run for council position three in Benton City, David Sandretto, Lori Mama Cornish, and Alex Weber. City of Richland. Also a lot of names. Council position one. The incumbent, Bob Thompson, has filed to run for re-election. Johanna Jones and Sean A. Fitzgerald have filed to run as well. Council position number two. The incumbent, Marianne Boring, who was appointed to that seat. Brad Anderson had mm-hmm. won re-election to that seat Two years ago, he moved out of the area. Yes. Marianne Boring was appointed to that seat, and so it is now up for a special election. Filing to run in that race as well, Teresa Richardson, Mike Luzo, and Elijah Stanfield. Council position three, Sandra Kent, the incumbent, has filed to run for re-election. Larry Stanley has filed to oppose Councilwoman Kent. In council position number four, the incumbent, Mayor Ryan Luxon, has filed to run. Ginger Wireman has filed to run against him. And in council position number seven, the incumbent, Michael Alvarez, has filed for re-election. Opposing him will be Kurt Mayer. Uh, Those are the city council positions that have been filed for at this point in, in Benton, Benton County. County. Yes. Uh, let's go to Port of Benton, where for Commissioner District 3, Jane Haggerty and Lori Stevens have filed to run. Port of Kennewick thus far, with 47 minutes remaining, only one person has filed to run for Port of Kennewick, and that is for Commissioner District 1, and that is current... Kennewick Police Chief Ken Hohenberg. Yes. Moving on to the school districts. <laughs> also a lot of names, as you would imagine. A few names there. Finley School District, 53. Director at Large, Barbara Donaldson and Kathy Krug have filed to run. 
Kennewick School District, director number one position, Micah Valentine, Gary Bullert, David Nielsen, and Scott E. Rogers have all filed to run for that seat. Kennewick School District, director number two, Gabe Galbraith, James Langford, and Aaron Steinert have all filed to run for that seat. Kyona Benton, the school district position two, Joshua Skipper has filed to run. For director district three in the Kai B school district, Gene Jones and Teddy Bryan have filed to run. Patterson School District, Director 1, only Lindsay Joshlin is filed for Position 2. Only Tad Suwanrit has filed. Richland School District, Director Number 1, filing to run in that race. Uh, Heather Cleary, who I believe is the incumbent. Uh, Challenging Heather Cleary, Audra Bird, and Danica Garcia filed to run. For position number two in the Richland School District, or director number two, the incumbent Rick Jansons has filed to run for re-election. He is opposed by Benjamin Griggs. Director number three, Elizabeth Van Clark and Semi Bird have filed to run in that race. Prosser School District, District 3, Alyssa Riley and Jessalyn Cole have filed to run. District 4 in Prosser, Adriana Miller, Mark J. Gunderson, and Jason Rayner have filed to run in that race. And in the Grandview School District, District 2, Dale Bergeson has filed. And in District 3, Charles M. Stegeman has filed. That is a rundown in Benton County in your city council and school board races. When we come back, we will go to the other side of the river, Franklin County, and tell you who is filed to run in the school board and city council races, port races as well. There. Join the show. Call the LegendsCasino.com hotline, 509-547-1610. Back to the bottom line with Robin Ed, presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser on News Radio 610 KONA. Welcome back to the bottom line, News Radio 610 KONA, 547-1610. Perfection Tire, four locations in the Tri-Cities, first one opened 59 years ago on Columbia Center Boulevard, and all they've done since then is keep vehicles in the Tri-Cities on the road with great tires and great service. Check out their website, perfectiontire.com, to get a huge selection of tires for all makes and models of vehicles here in the Tri-Cities, and also to find out all the services they provide. Perfection Tire, here to serve you. 547-1610 is the number if they would like to get involved. Um, Franklin County lots of people filed I remember first day of filing week uh, in Franklin County there were like 13 people that filed Yeah, now 53 people have filed 
Porta Colotus, John Rosenau has filed to run in uh, for District 2. Port of Pasco, District 3, Jim Kleindworth has filed there. I guess we'll start with the school districts in Franklin County. Colotus School District, position 5, Gary Jennings has filed. Colotus School District, position 2, Chance Trainer has filed. And in position 3 in Colotus, Kelly Cochran has filed. They do not have opponents at this time. In North Franklin School District, three position three, Lori Mercer has filed. North Franklin School District, uh, District four, position four, Pat Haley has filed. They do not have challengers. School districts, fellow school district, Director District one, Jen Stevenson has filed. Director District 3, Kenneth Johnson, has filed. And Director District 4, which is in that large position, Lindsay Mullet-Prowse has filed, and they do not have challengers. In Pasco, School District, Position 3, Cynthia Ledesma and Steve Christensen have filed for that race. School District, Position 4 in Pasco, Steve Simmons and Nicole Stewart-Pesevic have filed to run. Pasco School District, position five. Three have filed to run in that race. Michelle Andrus, John Kennedy, and Amy Freeman Phillips have all filed to run for that position. Star School District, position four. Richard Wiswall has filed. And Star School District Position 5, Nolan Van Hollebeck has filed. The Washtuckna School District, Position 3, Jeremy Jessup. Position 2, Teresa Coral. Position 4, Steve Krause. And Position 5, Jacob Sitton have all filed unopposed. Now we get to the, to the city council races in Franklin County. In the city of Connell. Position one, Mayor Lee Barrow has filed to run for re-election. He is unopposed at this time. Position two, City Council John White has filed to run unopposed. Position three, City Council Patricia Barrera has filed unopposed. And position four, Joe Escalera has filed unopposed. In the city of Colotus, Position one, Mayor Two have filed to run in that race. Marsha Robotelli and Janelle Romecki have filed to run in that race. Colotus City Council Position 2. Kelly Siebert has filed to run unopposed. Position 3. Brian Romecki has filed to run unopposed. The City of Mesa City Council Position 3. Brandon Eveland has filed to run unopposed. Position 5, Mesa City Council. Maria Chipres has filed to run, and she is unopposed. And in Mesa, position 6, the mayor, Merlin Giesbrecht, has filed to run unopposed. Pasco City Council, there is some news. Yes. In this, in this, for these races, and that is that the mayor, Saul, Saul Martinez, will not run for re-election. Correct. He is, he is stepping down. 
He is not going to run for re-election in position 3, District 3. So that opens that up. However, it is the only race right now in Pasco that has multiple filers. Four, to be exact. So we'll knock this out really quickly. In Pasco, Councilmember District 1, Position 1, Blanche Barajas, running unopposed. She is the incumbent. Councilmember District 4, Position 4, the incumbent, Pete Serrano, is running unopposed. And Councilmember District 6, Position 6, Craig Maloney, the incumbent, running unopposed. Four have filed to run for the seat currently held until November. Well, January, technically. Yes. By the mayor, Saul Martinez. He will join us Monday, by the way, to talk about Mm -hmm. uh, why uh, the reasons for not running for the election. So he will join us Monday, and it's always a pleasure to talk to Mayor Martinez on the program. Leo Perales has filed to run for Pasco City Council District 3, Position 3, as has Nikki Torres, Irving L. Brown Sr., and Stephen X. Martinez. They have all filed to run for that seat. So it is going to be an interesting race to see who will take that seat. And and, and Saul Martinez was, I believe, the longest-serving member on Pasco City Council. Yeah, I think he'd been on the council for 10 years. Yes, but like he was just, just mayor for this past couple term. of years. Yeah. yeah. I guess overall... Um, I would probably say that the city council positions are up slightly. Um, I I don't know. I think so. I I think that we we usually have a handful of contested races. We have a lot of contested races this time. Well, but uh, more often than not, we would have primaries. Yes. And we don't have as many primaries. True, but I think we've had a lot more uh, candidates running unopposed in the past. Where I think the biggest jump is, and you can credit or blame COVID for this, is a lot more oh, people yeah. are interested in school board races. I oh, think yeah. if if, uh, if the last uh, year, year and a half has shown anything, is the power and authority and you know of of local school boards for better or for worse. And I think in the past people wouldn't pay much attention to those races. Well, I think that is changing, uh, probably for the better. Uh, So we're going to have a lot of interesting races for the various school boards. And I, again, it goes back to COVID and the protocols and the directions and everything along those lines. A lot of people, Over 100 candidates filed for the various positions in Benton County, over 50 in Franklin County. Um, We'll see how many of those remain intact on Monday after the oh my gosh period ends (laughs) over the weekend. Oh my gosh, what have I done? I'm going to uh, pull the chute. And we'll see. I mean, sometimes you get one or two that decide that they don't want to run, but... um... It will be very interesting to see how it plays out, but we won't we won't see a lot of the races and a lot of the names that we announce. You will not see on your primary ballot in August. Right. You will only see races that have more than two people running on your primary ballot. Everyone else, 
will go straight to the general election. Speak your piece. Call 509-547-1610. More of The Bottom Line, presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser on News Radio 610 KONA. 547-1610-509-547-1610. You can also email the program by going to the website 610kona.com. Go to the bottom line page and send us your question or your comment. Ed Dawson, Rob Francis, and you, 547-1610. Again, if you want to uh, join the fray. Well, a, uh, a a story that is uh, developing even further. Uh if, if you recall, and we'll go into the Wayback Machine, Rob, all the way back to Last week. <laughs> Monday. Well, actually, Monday. That's right. It was Monday. Yeah. Uh, Monday, where Governor Jay Inslee, uh, as part of his uh, Climate Commitment Act, vetoed a section of it. Uh, he, and, and his reasoning for doing that was he said that it was going to slow the process down and we need to we need to address climate change now and we can't wait any longer and so on and so forth well if you recall on the show we talked about how there were a couple of native american protesters that showed up and voiced their concern at that time of you know of the veto saying things like uh, you know he had turned his back on them. Uh, the Native Americans helped get that bill passed uh, with their support. And we know a little bit more information about the dynamics of this now. Yeah. It is true that the Native Americans, uh, the tribes, were a big proponent of the Climate Commitment Act, and it was because they were going to have a seat at the table. Yes. They and had a seat at the table. They, like had, this, they had this seat at the, at the table. But what is not was not known at the time and is now coming to light is one of the things that that veto did was remove them their seat at the table. from the seat at the table. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're, and they're... now you know why they were bent out of shape. Oh. Well, well, the Snoqualmie tribe uh, re- released, to say the least, they released a statement earlier today. Going in great detail, oh yeah, as to their stance on what the governor did. Yes, um, the press release came out eh, roughly an hour ago mm-hmm. from the Snoqualmie tribe, and the the headline is: Tribal leaders, legislators condemn Inslee's surprise veto of tribal human rights provisions in Climate Commitment Act. Um. Fawn Sharp, the president of the National Congress of American Indians, the vice president of the Quinault Indian Nation, and a leading global expert on climate change and human rights law, who was elected by over 500 tribes nationwide to represent Indian country as its most visible elected official globally, did not mince words. Oh, my. Did not mince words. No way. Quote, this week, Jay Inslee committed the most egregious and shameless betrayal of a deal I have ever witnessed from a politician of any party at any level. 
This is the main spokesperson for Native American tribes nationally. Yes. With respect to the guy who ran for president on climate change policy, turning his back on Native Americans in this state. But that's not all. Oh, it gets better. After using and exploiting tribal nations' political capital to pass his climate bill, Jay Inslee made the cowardly decision on the day of the bill's signing to ambush tribal leaders by suddenly vetoing all tribal consultation requirements and all protections for Native American sacred sites and burial grounds that his office and the state legislature had negotiated as a condition of the bill's passage. Jay Inslee will be mercilessly judged by history long after indigenous peoples triumph over his petty veto and continue to lead the world's fight against climate change. So here's what we found out. These are direct quotes. These are direct quotes. Here's what we found out. They were involved in crafting this legislation with his office. And they wanted to have further input down the road after passage, as any group would want. So so this is not the first time that Jay Inslee's office is involved in negotiations, groups, and then turned around and said, yeah, thanks, but no thanks. Yeah, we'll take it from here. That's what he said. This might be. Oh, the quote that will run out of this press release. Yes. Once again, I will reiterate the word quote. <laughs> the only thing I will ever agree with Donald Trump about is that Jay Inslee is a snake. That again is the tribal leader. Vaughn Sharp, the president of the National Congress of American Indians and vice president of the Quinault Indian Nation. After eviscerating Jay Inslee for turning his back on them by a stroke of the pen and his veto, eliminating their input in future climate change issues, after they helped get that bill passed, President Sharp invoked the name of the devil yeah (laughs) donald trump who did call jay inslee a snake remember that he just called jay inslee a snake again president sharp went on to say because the governor claimed that he will unilaterally convene tribal leaders to negotiate new bill language to replace the provision vetoed President Vaughn Sharp said, as the president of the National Congress of American Indians, which represents over 500 sovereign tribal nations, I will not participate in any process that validates Inslee's delusional belief that he has authority over sovereign tribes or speaks for the Washington State Legislature or Washington State voters. The chairman of the Snoqualmie Indian Tribe, Robert de Los Angeles, said, quote, to plainly speak the truth, Governor Inslee used, exploited, and betrayed tribal nations in order to pass his climate change bill. Tribes across the Pacific Northwest negotiated and came to a deal with the governor's office and the House and the Senate leadership to protect our civil rights and our sacred sites, archaeological sites, and burial grounds, 
And less than a month later, the governor is unilaterally breaking his side of the deal. The fact that this betrayal is occurring regarding protections for something as important as burial grounds and sacred sites is offensive beyond description. This will be a permanent stain on his record. I don't disagree with that stance at all. I don't. And it, but, and it makes but, it worse. But here's what I that will it say. Was, that it was negotiated and the governor broke his promise. Here's the only thing that I will say in regards to that. You reelected him. You knew what he was when you put him back in office. No, I don't think some of those people did know. I think that they had been Jay bargaining Inslee. in good faith. Well, they, they may have and, been. And, but... they, and that he had not done them wrong before. Wouldn't it be interesting if he was up for election again this year? Oh, wait, there's the recall. That mm. could, yeah. Interesting. Anyway. Well, put it this way. It's got to get through the courts yeah, before I know. he can get the signatures. I know. But, I'm sure that there are those that will that would that would be, consider signing their name uh, after something like this. But but here's the thing: Jay Inslee has not changed his stripes in the last six months. He has not changed his stripes in the last eight years. He has not changed his stripes in the last two decades. No, it's he, just different he, groups that he continues to screw right, over. Right, he continues to turn around and 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 rotate. But hey, he offends. He, he apparently he's to the point where he's now offended every group in Washington State equally. Um, Man but this alive. is but this is who he is, and so for the tribes to believe that this could not occur to them, maybe naive on their part, maybe. But this guy has done this before, and yep. so uh, to quote the great Jack Nicholson, <laughs> "Have you danced with the devil in the pale moonlight?" That's what you do when you negotiate with the governor's office because he could turn his back on you in a second once he gets what he wants. And again, as we go back and we talk about this veto, he believes, and he maybe he's drunk on emergency powers, but he did this two years ago. And the ruling from, from his vetoes on two years ago is coming down the pike next week. Yeah. If he gets away with it from 2019, guess what? He's going to get away with this, too. If he doesn't get away with it from 2019, then this will get overturned as well, and he'll know it, and he'll be begging to find a solution for it ahead of time. But here's the question, and I asked this question. I managed to uh, run into Senator Perry Dozier last night from the 16th Legislative oh, District. okay. And we were talking about this, and I asked him the question, and, and he did not have the answer for me. I don't know if anybody in the audience has the answer for me. But if this gets overturned, so say the, the ruling comes down next week, and the the vetoes that were struck in those pieces of legislation, does he have to re-sign the bills? Because he signed those bills contingent on the vetoes. Yeah. So will those bills have to be re-signed or? Depends on the ruling. I think a judge could nullify the bills and that would include the signature. Well, but that's the thing, you know, because he signed the bills with the vetoes. He didn't sign the bills and then strike the veto. No. So, So you can't put the law into effect that he didn't sign. So he would right. have to re-sign the original legislation in order for it to take place. Otherwise, 
the whole thing. Yeah, doesn't go into place uh, because again, yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, he didn't I, sign I, the original I, bill; yeah. he signed the vetoed bill. Yeah, I see what you're saying, and I, I would guess that again, if the ruling goes that way, and that you know the whole uh, veto decision comes down, a judge would most likely say any bill that was signed with a veto that fits this criteria would be null and void. So then the governor would have to make a choice. He would either have to go back and sign an unvetoed bill, like the way it came to him from the legislature, or he would have to properly veto it. Exactly. In that... and wipe eliminate it all the out. whole section. Right. right. Eliminate the whole section. He couldn't line item veto like he wants to. Uh, let's... Because obviously there's things in that section he wanted to preserve. Well, yeah. Otherwise, he would have X'd them out then, Otherwise, too. he would have X'd that whole section out. So, yeah. Now you, now, now he's he's. Well, stuck. again, if it goes if if it goes that way, then it's going to it's going to create a a a paperwork nightmare. Oh, gosh. That's, that's for sure. Let's quickly go to the phones. Uh, we're up against the break, but we'll squeeze one in. You're up on the show. Who's this? Where are you calling from? This is Roy Carter from Prosser. Hi, Roy. Hi. I want you to know he's just like the white man from 100 years ago. He speaks with a forked tongue. Oh, absolutely he yeah. does. There's nothing well, this guy has said that's been not, that hasn't been disingenuous. Here's the thing. More and more people are starting to figure this out. He managed to tick off a bunch of uh, Democratic legislators by his uh, what most likely will be illegal vetoing. He's now alienated Native American tribes. Boy, what's next? I, 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 I shudder to think. Final segment coming up, Donkey of Shame on the way, too. Stay with us. The bottom line, the only place that cares what you think. Call in now, 509-547-1610. Presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser. Back at the bottom line, News Radio 610 KONA, 547-1610. If you'd like to get involved, the state details, the Muster Brothers solution. If you're downsizing, if you've unfortunately lost a loved one and you've got an estate that you have to deal with, all of their assets, contact the auction professionals. Don't garage sale it. Don't do it as a yard sale. Do it as an auction. Get top dollar for those items. They'll catalog it. They'll take care of it. And then they'll cut you a check. You don't have to do anything. That's what Estate Details is there for. Call them at 509 Auction or visit their website, estatedetails.com. It is Friday afternoon, final few minutes. That means it's time for the donkey of shame. And, Ed, do you have your donkey ready to roll? I do, I do. And uh, you know me, anytime I can uh, take a swipe at the mainstream media, I will do so, Uh, even if the mainstream media is in another country. In this case, it would be Australia, where reporters for uh, a a uh, news channel, the Australian Broadcasting Company, not ABC here, but ABC in Australia, Australian Broadcasting Company, uh, being accused of engaging in egregious journalistic malpractice after newly obtained footage allegedly shows them coaching answers from women 
who are making sexual assault allegations against an Australian actor. Uh, Craig McLachlan, McLachlan, I think is, I don't know. Uh, I'm sure he's dreamy either way. Um, Specifically, in the raw footage, the journalist can be heard encouraging an accuser to use the word, quote, predatory. Then in a second clip, one reporter speaks up to say, I don't think we should be putting words in her mouth, but is ignored as the producers proceed to coach the accusers in multiple takes. Now, it's one thing for an attorney to coach his or her client, but this is a member of a national media company coaching an interviewee to use inflammatory words when they're accusing somebody of sexual assault. And if I'm not mistaken, uh, those, uh, the actor was acquitted uh, last year, seven charges against him, and uh, he was acquitted. So for that reason, I don't care if you're the mainstream media here in the United States, in Great Britain, or yes, even Australia, you pull that kind of stunt, you ride the donkey of shame. Well, I'll try and see how I can pare this down and get it across. We know um, earlier this year when there was a shooting in Atlanta that involved Asian-owned massage parlors, we saw hashtags and um, the left jump on the Stop Asian Hate bandwagon. Yes. We know that we just recently saw a ceasefire after 11 days in the Middle East between Israel and Palestine. Have you noticed that you haven't seen on the heels of um, attacks against Jews in the United States over the last day? I haven't seen any hashtags arising from the left, stop Jewish hate. Stop anti-Semitism. I haven't seen any of those. I I don't hear the left going crazy to stop Jewish hate. But over the last 24 hours, there have been a number of incidents in New York, in Los Angeles, and other major cities of attacks focused on Jewish people in this country. But no call from the left to stop that hate. So for all of those who created a hate crime that we still have no proof existed in Atlanta and for refusing to acknowledge that the anti-Semitic hate that exists in this country and has been put on full display over the last 24 hours, for all those that refuse to call that out, refuse to create their do-nothing hashtags so they can sleep well at night, Instead of actually realizing that an entire group of people in this country are still persecuted on a regular basis, but they don't seem to care nearly as much about that, you are all riding the donkey of shame. That'll do it for the bottom line for this Friday. Have a wonderful weekend. A little breezy out there right now. Maybe we'll get a little rain. We can use it. That's for sure. Of course, since I just washed my car. Well, yeah. That's now how, it's going to rain. Well, yeah, that's always how it works. I yes. mean, we're, 
I don't know if we're in rainy season in Tri-Cities. We have like two months that we get rain in, in 12. <laughs> two weeks. Yeah, two weeks. <laughs> two days. This film feels like it. Afternoon reports coming to you next.